And part of Easter, we've been going through this, series, through this series of trying to unpack some of what uh, it means for us that Jesus died on a cross and that he rose again. And so we talked about it through this lens, uh, reading through uh, Romans 8, Paul's letter to the church in Rome, where he talks that we are no longer slaves, that we've been set free. And he begins by saying that we are no longer slaves, we've been set free from sin. That's essentially where Jesus begins on the cross, is that we have been set free from sin. No longer does it hold us. No longer does it uh, wreck our lives. No longer does it separate us from our Father in heaven, from God. And then he goes on to say that because you've been set free from sin, you've also been set free from the way of the world around us. You've been set free from the way this world teaches us to think, that life is all about the stuff you have or how comfortable you are or that this way is good because it feels good. We've been set free from those things to follow our Lord Jesus. Well, this week we come to the final uh, final sermon of this series where we realize that we are set free from fear. And I've over this last year, I've been uh, experiencing fear quite a bit. For those of you who don't, I mean, many of you know, or most of you know, but uh, last summer, Tracy was diagnosed with uh, stage 3 breast cancer. And so for a lot of this last year, I've been uh, afraid, terrified at times. And it's been um, uh, difficult, but uh, I wanted to say, too, that as I've been reading this text, um, I realize that Paul's not just talking about the big fears that we face. He's talking about all the fears that we face. Any fear, whether it seems like, oh, that's, you know, it's much smaller than, than you know, uh, terminal or a disease or something like that. It's, or it's just tiny. But I think Paul's still talking about even those fears. So the thing is, I think all of us wrestle with fear. Many of you, I know, have fears that you are wrestling with right now. Fears in your family, fears for your health, fears of the unknown. Fear is a thing that we all wrestle with. Some of you are even here trying to say, well, I don't have any fears. Afraid you're going to be, that people are going to think you're weak because you have a fear. <laughs> it just permeates our lives, fear. But I wonder what Paul has to say about it as I read his letter to the church in Rome. I wonder what effect Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection and the fact that he reigns at the Lord's right hand, that he's coming again. I wonder what effect this has on our fear or what it might speak to our fear. So listen to it again. If you would, open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. We'll start at verse 15, or if you want to, there's this bulletin insert here. So this is a portion of what Paul has written to the church. Sounds like the kids are having a good time. (laughs) Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man or woman is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. 
The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to be not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with what that glory that will that will be revealed in us. I am grateful for what Paul reminds us of what Jesus has done. I'm grateful for what he says. He reminds us that we are no longer slaves. We have been set free from fear. I think about the world around us and how people around us who are trying to find meaning and, and put their faith in other things besides Jesus I see people trying to make, how they try to handle fear. And oftentimes they try to handle fear with denial. I mean, how many of us have seen that? Oh, uh, it's, it'll be fine, there's no problem. Trying to ignore it like it'll go away. I saw it a lot, actually, I heard it a lot when I would talk with people about Tracy, about her condition. Um, thankfully she's healed now, but I remember people saying to me in the midst of it, when we didn't know, saying like, oh, oh I'm, I'm sure she'll be fine, I'm sure everything will just work out, I just know it. And I often thought, how do you know that? I mean, I, just, I mean, it was people like it was people who weren't religious who were saying those sorts of things. How do you know that? It's denial. I'll just act like it doesn't, like it won't bother me. That's the way people often deal with things. Usually, we think of like our parents in denial, right, <laughs> and the way that they handle stuff. But we all do it, and especially the world around us. It's one of the main ways that we deal, or the, the world around us deals with fear is by denying it. The other one is just fretting, just constantly worrying, constantly just because of the fraid, because of the fear, worrying about everything. We see that as well. And not only that, but I see people who then try to medicate the denial or the fear and the anxiety that it creates with all sorts of other things, alcohol, drugs, sex, all sorts of things. People try to medicate because they know they're not supposed to feel this way, but they can't help it. And the thing I see too is sometimes we in the church, we followers of Jesus, sometimes we fall for it too. I think it's sometimes that we don't realize or we know that we've been set free and yet we end up sort of flirting with slavery again. Find ourselves worrying about things. This last year I found myself worrying about stuff, knowing that I didn't have to and yet I still would worry. So it's good for us to hear what Paul says. He makes a statement. He says, you are no longer slaves. You have been set free. Don't return again to a spirit of fear. 
Because we are no longer condemned. I think that's where it begins. We're no longer condemned. We're no longer afraid of being condemned or separated from God. We no longer have to be afraid of death anymore. We no longer have to be afraid of losing. I mean, part of life, life, that's just an inevitable part of life, is we lose stuff. We lose people we love. We lose in things that are important to us. It's part of life, and it's hard. I'm not saying that it's easy, but we don't have to be afraid of it anymore because of who Jesus is. We fear of uh, losing control. We fear chaos in life. Because of who Jesus is, because he reigns at God's right hand, we don't have to be afraid of losing control because he is in control. See, Paul's making this connection in this, this passage, and I know it's kind of Paul's writing can, can feel thick at times, but he's saying because of Jesus, because he died and rose again, because of what he's done on the cross, we have been set free from sin. Because we've been set free from sin, we no longer have to live like the world. Because we've been set free from the sinful nature or the way of the world, we've been reconciled to our Father in heaven. So there's this kind of connection here of all these points. And what he's saying, because we've been reconciled to our Father in heaven, we don't have to be afraid anymore, especially of things like death. We don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Yesterday, (laughs) yesterday there was a memorial service here. You can see how people... And some of them, like, I think many of them, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing, but some of them who live here, I'm not sure about their faith or what they believe. And you can see how the questions come up around death. But because of who Jesus is, because he died on the cross and because he rose again, we have been reconciled to our Father in heaven. Because we've been reconciled to him, we don't need to be afraid of death anymore. And that changes everything when you begin to think about it. Because everything or lots of things tie to ultimately our fear of death. We fear of losing comfort or security because we're afraid that eventually if we lose too much of that, we might die. But if we're not afraid of dying anymore, it changes everything. I hear Jesus saying that no longer do you need to be afraid of death. No longer do you need to be afraid of the the fears that are associated with it. Like I said, this last year, I have been wrestling with fear a lot. Times where I would uh, just somehow I could just start thinking about something and I'd stay up till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, praying and fretting and fretting and praying. <laughs> and, you know, I knew that I'd been set free. Like I'd, I'd read scriptures and I know fear <laughs> wasn't... Um, wasn't consistent with the Christian life. I mean, there are times when we fear, but I knew that Christ had overcome and that no matter what happened, I knew that he was good. I trusted him, but I still was afraid. I know many of you are going through things right now where you're afraid. You're afraid of what the outcome will be. You're afraid of what it's going to look like. And there's two things that really helped me. The first was uh, I read or crossed it or I came across it uh, last fall, and it was Psalm 56. And it was Psalm 56, verse 3 specifically. But in Psalm 56, the psalmist is saying, you know, Lord, all these people are surrounding me. They're attacking me. And he says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you, the Lord whose word I praise. 
Because I trust in you, I will not be afraid. What can mere people do to me? And as I've been reflecting on that psalm, I've been thinking about I read that psalm at least once a week, maybe once a day. Reflecting on it and realizing that, one, the psalmist doesn't say if you are afraid, you know, that the chance that it may not happen. He says when you are afraid or when I am afraid. Because fear comes at us. And maybe some of you are thinking, you know, Jason, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I don't really have fear about anything right now. Bless you. I'm, I'm grateful for you that you're in that place. But we know when we're honest that fear comes. Things happen in life when we are afraid. The psalmist says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And that's the thing that caught me about that particular verse. What he says there is, he says, when I'm afraid, I will trust you. And I've always read that as, I will choose to trust you. He doesn't say, when I'm afraid, I will work really hard not to be afraid. He says, no, I will trust you. I will choose to trust you. Even when it's difficult, even when I don't understand, even when it seems like, Lord, it seems like it's all going wrong, I will trust you. I will choose to trust you. So Psalm 56.3. And then uh, later, early this spring, <clears throat> again one night I was up, <laughs> staying up late, um, and I started reading through Mark's gospel. Um, and I came to chapter 5, and so Jesus has crossed over the sea. He's healed a man who has had demons, and then he's walking through the city, and um, a man named Jairus, who was a synagogue um, official, he comes to him and says, uh, Lord, my, my daughter is very sick. I need you to come heal her. I need you to come help. And that's when he's on his way to help her. And the woman who has been bleeding for 12 years touches him and she's healed. And then they have their conversation. He says, bless you. Your faith has healed you. And as soon as he said that to that woman who has touched him, some of the Jairuses, some of his um, the people from his house or from his, from his town, they come up to him. They say, don't bother the teacher anymore. Don't even bother him. Your daughter has died. And Jesus, overhearing this, he looks at Jairus and he says, just in Greek, it's four words. He says, do not fear, only trust. Do not fear, only trust. And I'm thinking of these two, and I, what I hear the Spirit has been teaching me through these two passages and many others, but especially these two, is that when we are afraid, We trust. We choose to trust. We trust the Lord our God because he is good. We don't always understand what he's doing, and sometimes it may still be difficult, but we trust him because it is good. I had this image this week of thinking of trying to explain this. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen in a movie or maybe some of you have been in this circumstance where you're terrified of something and you grab onto something to hold yourself safe. And you grab onto it and you, you won't let go because that's what's keeping you from falling. And, and I think about it that sometimes people come and I don't know if you've ever seen the movies where they say, you have to let go, you have to let go. And they're like, no way. No way, I'm never letting go. If I let go, I will, I will fall. And sometimes fear can be like that. No way, I'm never letting go. I'm terrified. And then I was thinking about it, the times when they say, rather than they say, you know, let go, they say something more like, grab onto me. So it's not that we're just saying, you know, let go and use your, I don't know, your willpower or your mind to stop being afraid. We're not just saying, stop being afraid. 
And here's the Spirit saying, trust me. Trust the Lord. So that when we are afraid, we aren't just trying to suppress our fear and act like we're not afraid anymore. I don't know about you, but that never goes well for me. But when I'm afraid, I choose to trust. So it's not so much that I'm letting go, it's that I'm grabbing on and trusting. So I'm realizing this last week as I've been studying over this passage of Romans that Jesus has done amazing things. And we've just scratched the surface in three sermons um, about what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. That he has set us free. That we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to the way of this world. We've been set free. And we've been set free from fear. As part of this... um, Today I've, I've been thinking, like praying, and, and wanting to hear from Tracy too about this because uh, we talk about fear some, and, and I'm grateful. There's times when she's prayed for me uh, that I would not be afraid anymore. So Tracy, if you could come up and share um, some of what you've been reflecting on. Speaking of not being afraid, my heart is pounding. I'm really good at the children's message, but this is a little nerve-wracking. Ironic and nerve-wracking. Um, yeah, so Jason asked me if I would be willing to share a little bit about fear. And I don't know if you noticed earlier, but I can't even listen to that song without crying like a baby, like big, nasty, ugly cry. I can't, I can't get through it. Um, probably because I relate to it so much. I really feel it. I really feel that song. I had to lean into Mary Beth for a second because I was like getting, getting disastrous. Um, so I just want to start by saying I um, have been sort of on this path to being free uh, from fear for several years. It's not just like one day I woke up and was like, "Woo, I'm free. It has taken time and it has been a process because I was uh, the chief of all warriors. That, um, you know, Paul says that about himself in other ways, but I really feel like um, I was good at it. I was good at being afraid of things, and I was good at worrying of things, and I have a long line of warriors in my family that I learned how to be good at those things from. Um, I think some of us just do that on our own, and and some of us have help um, in some ways. And um, so that's the life that I sort of lived. When I was 20, you wouldn't have known that. I, I wasn't afraid when I was young. Um, in fact, sometimes I think, gosh, I did stupid things. I didn't have enough fear, perhaps, back when I was young. Um, and and uh, about um, two and a half years ago, um, I was sitting um, at NCCS, actually, at our morning devotions, and and we were reading this book, and um, the the book came out of the the Bethel uh, Church in California, and. Um, they said something that really struck me. Um, the guy was talking about how he was fighting a spiritual battle. And we don't often talk about that. Um, scripture talks about it and says that it's true. And uh, sometimes the Western church ignores spiritual battle because it makes us uncomfortable, because we can't see things. And when we can't see things, we want to believe that it's not there or it's not going on. Um, but in Ephesians chapter 6, it says that our fight is not against um, the flesh and blood, but it's against the powers of this dark world and forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
And so that day I was challenged to pray in the name of Jesus for things that were weighing me down, namely fear and anxiety and worry. And as I sat, nobody in the room knew that I was doing this, but I prayed in the name of Jesus that the spirits of fear and worry and doubt and stress um, would be released from me. And it was literally as if someone took a heavy blanket off my lap, like I could actually feel lighter. And again, I know that sounds kind of strange, and it's maybe a little bit uncomfortable for some of you, but um, I can only tell you what my experience was. And so that began this journey in me to say um, and to recognize that God did not want me to be afraid. Uh, like when your body actually feels lighter, that's telling you something. And so um, this is what I would do. I'll give you an example of what kind of fear I would have. Driving along Kootenai Lake with two non-swimmers in the back seat, I would envision my car flying over the edge into the lake and me having to choose which child to save because I couldn't save both of them. Right. Yikes. That's horrible. And that's fear. And that is not um, a Christ-like mind. And this is what Satan would do to me. And then I would be sort of paralyzed in my driving and probably not paying attention very well either because I'm thinking about which kid I'm going to rescue, right? Horrible. All the way around, it's horrible. And so in those moments, I would say, like now that I have realized this, in the name of Jesus, like I, I'm not going to go there. Like the spirit of fear has no power over me. And, and so I began to practice that. And I have to do it all the time. I still have to do it because fear still tries to get a hold of me um, because Satan knows that it's a weakness of mine. And so I'm regularly, even out loud, um, if you were with me on an airplane in the fall, you would have not heard me because the propellers were so loud, but I was speaking um, out my fear in the name of Jesus in front of everyone on the airplane because I was horrified that we were going to crash. Um, so that's the, that's where it started for me. My release from fear started with recognizing that um, it's not just in me that Satan loves to bind us. He loves to find what our weakness is and use that to keep us from living the free life that Christ has already paid for for us. So I just want to encourage you um, to try something new if you haven't already and to say in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to be afraid, and Satan has no power over me, and neither do his helpers, because it's not just him. He's not the only one that's trying to bind us. He has lots of help, right? So if you haven't done that before, I just want to encourage you maybe to try something new, um, because, because Christ gives us the authority to do that, and Scripture makes that very clear. Uh, um, the next thing that I want to say is that um, somebody said once, that when you are afraid of something happening in the future, like when I'm envisioning, which I'm really trying not to do anymore, you know, these horrible things while I'm driving or whatever, or something happening to my kids, that I'm picturing a scenario in which Christ is not present. Because never in that picture did I think that God was going to give me strength or that God was going to protect me or my children or send help or whatever. I was allowing my mind to go down a path and it was all on me to take care of something. I was never envisioning Christ's role in that scenario. And so I think that that's another way that fear can, can get into our lives because um, 
we're, we're trying to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. And that was never the life that Christ intended for us. We were never meant to do things on our own. So when you're afraid of something, maybe ask yourself, where is Christ in that picture? What What is Christ doing um, behind the scenes that we cannot see? Uh, who is Who is going to be my help? And uh, how is he going to come into that? And when you start to realize all of the ways that Christ is involved in your life, whether it be through other believers or um, him using non-believers in your life or just him doing something miraculous, uh, the fear begins to dissipate because he's always with you. And again, scripture makes that clear, that, that Christ is always a part of the picture. Um, so, praying in the power of, of Christ um, against what Satan is trying to do, picturing Christ in whatever fear it is that you're having. And um, Jason, you know, he talked about it some at the end there. Making a trade is the third thing that I have just um, begun to learn about. Um, because that's what Christ did on the cross. He took our place. And so when I get afraid now, I realize that I'm picking up fear instead of picking up joy or peace or love, um, whatever it is that Christ has already offered me. And so um, I think that, in effect, we trade our fear, our anxiety, and our worry um, for this great thing that Christ can give us. So when I'm afraid, I, I want to think instead that Christ has something better to offer me, um, which is what I mentioned, um, you know, peace and joy and calm and his presence, um, all of those things. Um, I just want to, to quickly note some other scriptures that speak to this. Jason read from Romans 8. Um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 is um, one of the verses where they... Um, drew the lyric for that song that, that Jenny led us in earlier. Um, it talks about um, being a child of God and that we're no longer slaves. That's Galatians 4, 7. Um, Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15 also say a very similar thing, um, that we have been called into sonship and are no longer slaves. So I just want to say, um, if all else fails, look to God's character. Because he is good, and he is love, and he is life. And so, you know, like Jason said, these past nine months have been really hard. And fear has been present on all sides and pressing in and trying to keep us from um, living this life that God has called us to. And in the hardest of moments, all I could say was, I trust you. I trust you. Because you are good, and you are love, and you are life. And when everything else is falling apart, when you don't have any hair, and you've lost babies, and life sucks, God is good. Yeah, that's right. So, whew, I thought I could do it without crying, but here we go. Um, I just want to say that when, I think I've said that like three times now, I just want to say, i got to work on that. That when we live in fear, Satan wins. He wins. Because we are being held back from this life that God has intended for us. Um, and Christ longs for us to be free. He longs for that. That's, that is his character to set us free. That's what he died for. So let's not let Satan win. And let's, uh, let's lean into Christ with all that we have so that we can be free. <laughs>